just lift your hands this morning? As she's continuing to play softly, would you just lift your hands this morning? I know that there's a whole lot of things going on in this world. There's a whole lot of things going on in Washington. There's a whole lot of things going on in our state, in our county. There's a whole lot of things happening. But every moment I'm awake, my desire needs, for God, needs to be for God to have His way in me. I can't do that if I'm focusing on all of the negativity. But what I can do, I know that there's things, but you know what? God is still God. Would you just take a moment and would you just lift your hands and worship Him today? Would you just worship Him today? Just tell Him, this is my desire. To honor you. I lift my hands to worship you. All that I have, I give you praise. All I have within me, I lift my hands to praise you. I lift my hands to worship you. This is my desire. Sing it to him this morning. Thank you. 
Sing it out to him this morning. thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins so that through his sufferings we could be made righteous and today Father God we've come to your house to worship you we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name we pray amen and amen would you give God a great hand clap of praise as you're being seated this morning thank you so much for, be for being here today thank you so much for joining with us whether in-house or on live feed. Thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing here at Coosa Valley. I want to thank our praise team. They do an awesome job. Our praise, our singers, our musicians. Exclude the drums. He don't know what he's doing. But we're so delighted to be in the house of God today. Thank you so very much for being here. Uh, thank you. Uh, to all of those that have uh, that are teaching in Sunday school, that are doing we're doing rotations on uh, in our Sunday school class. Thank you so much for those that are that are being a part of that. Uh, we're so thankful that there are those that are that are stepping in and doing that. Uh, as with talking with Sunday school, uh, as with talking with Sunday school, a tentative plan. Please understand, I, I reserve the right to make any changes needed necessary as far as what's going on in our uh, in, in our county and in our state related to COVID-19. But as of right now, and I keep saying it's April the 1st, but it's not. What date is it? No. The first Sunday in April. Set. The seventh, April, April the fourth, April the fourth, Easter Sunday. What a wonderful day to start back all of our Sunday school classes in house. I want you to join with me in prayer between now and that time. What we're going to do is we have we have been doing this since day one. All of our Sunday school classes upstairs and everywhere else, they've been cleaned every week, regardless of anybody being in there. Why? Because we want to make sure they was clean when the time came for us to be able to start back. And so uh, after much prayer and, and looking at numbers and looking at things and asking our church family uh, what their thoughts was concerning this, we had several responses. Uh, via the, our website and some that called, some that text, some that talked to us face to face. I believe that everybody would be in a one mind and one accord, so to speak. Uh, we're we're going to start back our Sunday school classes. At 9.45 is when we do our Sunday school classes. We have, we have our nursery, we have 
our, uh, the next step up is our FBI class. You want to know what that means? I, I can't, faithful believers, faithful Bible believers, um, no, faithful Bible investigators. They don't pay me to remember all this stuff. Faithful Bible investigators is our next class, and then our Ignite Student Ministries. And then, of course, in our sanctuary, we have our Sunday school class in here. I urge you between now and then, come and be a part of our sanctuary class. We've had some that has started coming back in. We're doing just in the sanctuary right now. Uh, and then on April the 4th, April the 4th, everything's out like it needs to in our county, and our state, as far as uh, the numbers for COVID-19 will be go, coming back in and being able to do our Sunday school classes in-house. Amen? I'm looking forward to that. So join with me in prayer between now and then that we're able to do that. And that's Easter Sunday. So what a wonderful day to start that. Amen? Amen. This morning, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about, started from the first Sunday of this year, we started talking about stronger Together, We started talking about how that we as a church family, we are stronger when we're united, when we're together. Amen? We can't do it separate. We need one another. We need, need each other. What do we need in each other? We need each other praying one for another. Amen? We need to hold one another up to God in prayer. We need to be united in our prayer. We need to be united in the fact of being able to come together and pray one for another. That's why we give those prayer requests. That's why we, we talk to one another. We, we, we lean on one another for those times. We have our prayer our uh, Facebook on our Facebook page. We have those places where we can share prayer requests. We can email prayer requests. We have those times where we can, I know that somebody is needing something and I stop and I take a moment to pray for them. We also have those that are, are homebound. We're stronger with them. Why? Because we need those. They're praying for this church body. Amen? And guess what? Let me tell you a little secret. They need us as well. Amen? They need us as well. So picking up the telephone, calling one of them, and letting them know that you're praying for them. Let them know that you're thinking about them. We're united and we're stronger together. And then we look back over the last several weeks. There's been, there's been a lot of things that's happened in our nation. I'm not going to tiptoe around about this. Not going not to mince words. Not going to try to uh, uh, hide around behind a bush. But there's a lot of things that's happened in this nation. And it is not a Christian action on things that are taking place. That... Christianity is not involved. One of, the, one of those that are in, in Congress even goes so far as to say that that body there in Washington is not concerned with the will of God. You know what? That's very evident. Hello? Again, I said I'm not mincing words. I'm not tiptoeing around about this. But what we need to do as a church body is number one, we need to pray. I've been told on numerous occasions, I've been told we have prayed too much. We need to start, I'm like, are you kidding me? We ain't prayed enough. Hello? We as a church body, I'm talking the church as a whole, we have not prayed enough. We have not sought God enough. But I also understand the next part of that phrase. 
What this person said, we need to do action. You know what? As an American citizen, I need to do action. What I need to do is I need to vote for those folks that I believe have got moral values. Moral Christian values, amen? That are going to stand on a biblical standing of the Word of God. Brother Andy, where was all this at before the, before the election? I was saying all this before the election, hello? And I'm going to tell you something, I'm saying it now. What you need to do is, as an American citizen, there are people that you can, you've, whether you voted for the person or not, you can still let your voice be heard. They got a telephone. Hello? They got people that are answering those telephones. They've also got email. We need to contact those that are sitting in Washington and tell them how we feel about the things that are going on, whether you voted for them or not. Oh, Brother Andy, this stuff's on live feed. You better watch it. This stuff's on live feed, and I want people to hear it. Now, all of that being said, we as a church also have got something else. We as a church body, we as Christians, we've got to stay positive in a negative world. We've got to stay positive in a negative world. There's things that are going on that is against the, moral, the biblical moral values that we as a Christian stand on. Amen? There are things that are taking place that are against the biblical values that we hold dear. Brother Michael said during Sunday school, he said along the lines of this, he said if it wasn't for the gospel, really what are we doing here? But the gospel of Jesus Christ is the reason that he came. So that Christ came to die on the cross for our sins so that we would be able to stand and say, I am a Christian. I know I'm not perfect, but I am a Christian and I'm going to stand on what the word of God is telling me. Even in the negativity that's going on in the world. Now I'm going to tell you something. It's very easy to get this right here, this is called a remote control. It's very easy to get this right here, and I better not mash any buttons because I mashed a button the other day, and all of a sudden, every dog in this count in this in this area felt like this county started barking. I said, "Oops, what have I done now?" <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't me. <laughs> it quit barking and I mashed it again just to check. But too many times we get this right here in our living room or in our den or our bedroom. We get this and we start looking at the TV. And we start seeing those things that's on the news broadcast. We get this thing right here. We get this right here and we get those emails that we've signed all those news broadcasts and all those things. Or we may say, hey, Google. We may say, hey, mm -hmm. or hey, Siri. Got it. I love it. I'm not saying anything else. Cancel. We get this and we start. Cut that thing. And we start trying to find out what's going on in this in, in the news world. 
You start reading those things, and I'll be honest, you can't figure out which one you're supposed to believe. Because one will say one thing, and one will say something absolutely, totally different. And you're trying your best to figure out what's going on. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's a, there a great saint of God. Some of you don't know who he is. His name is Reverend Gene Hodo. And this is what he said. He told me one time, he said, Yeah, I may watch that stuff, but I'm looking into the Word of God more and more than I'm watching any of that stuff. Why? Because I'm seeking what the will of God is for my life and I ain't read it enough. I need to get into the Word of God and I need to dig into the Word of God. That man's got more Bibles stacked up. He's got more magazines and got more books stacked around him sitting there on that couch than I know half the folks in here do. He's constantly looking at the Word of God. And the next time I see him, or he may call in a minute, quit talking about me. But here's the thing. As a Christian, we still need to stay positive with all the negativity in this world. I know there's bad things going, but you know what? If you can't find something to be positive about, you can sit back and you can say, I am a Christian. I am a child of God. God has got me in the palm of his hand and there ain't nobody going to be able to get me out. Guess what? There's something I'm looking forward to and there's coming a day when the rapture of the church comes and I'm going to be part of those that's called away. You ain't got nothing else to be positive about. You can look up to the heavens and say, thank you for getting me up this morning. Thank you for allowing me to have another breath. Thank you for allowing me another opportunity to worship Him. We have got to be positive. In looking at that, I want you to take a look. First, I want you to look at Psalms chapter 118. Psalms chapter 118. And verse 6, look at what it says. I'm going to tell you something. This, needs, this verse right here should speak to every one of our lives. Psalms 8, 118 verse 6 says, In the D-A-L version, because I ain't got my, there they are. I lost them a while ago and somebody had the sound booth had to tell me where they was at. The D-A-L version, and if you don't know what that is, my name's David Andrew Lambert. The D-A-L version says this. God is on my side. I am in the will of my heavenly Father. And with God on my side... I do not have to be afraid. I do not have to fear. I do not have to be scared. Why? Because what in the world can this world do to me when God has got me? I don't really... The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now I want you to go on and look at Luke chapter 24. This is where our main text is coming from. Luke chapter 24, verses 30 through 32. Let's, let's read these straight through. Look at what it says. It says this, And when he was at the table 
with them. He took the bread and blessed it. Broke it and gave it to them. Verse 31. Their eyes, there's some church folks that needs their eyes opened. Go back to verse 30. The Bible tells us that God, Jesus, is the bread of life. Are you hearing me? Think about that. Now look at verse 31. Look at what it says. It says this. And their eyes were opened. Verse 30, they was given the bread. It's time, church, that we quit trying to figure out what XYZ news broadcast is trying to tell us and we start believing what the Word of God is telling us. Some will believe everything that you hear. They even believe every one of those commercials. They believe every infomercial that they got, but they don't believe this. It's time to set those things to the side and get a hold of the Word of God and believe what thus saith the Word of God. Believe that God is for you. Who cares who's against you? If God's got you in His hand, who cares what man's going to throw at you? I'm supposed to teach a little bit, so hang on. Their eyes were opened. When we get the Word of God given to us, our eyes can be opened. And they recognized, has anybody ever really sat down and you, you watched one of those TV shows or you watched uh, one of the, uh, uh, the news broadcasts or you, you watched one of those things and you really, you had one of those moments of, uh-huh, that ain't right. Or, uh-huh, that's, that's right on target. That's very few in between, but you know, you get my point. Or you're listening to somebody and you have one of those times where you're like, uh-huh. I know exactly what they're talking about. Are you talking with somebody that somebody has warned you about and you're listening to what they're saying and you're like, hey, that's what so-and-so was telling me about the other day. I recognize that now. Well, guess what, folks? God has told us all throughout His Word every Every evil, every scheme, every plot that the devil's going to throw our way, it should not catch us by surprise to know that the devil is going to seek to destroy what God has placed. But I'm going to tell you something. One of the songs this morning says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's time that we, the church, start acting like it. Hello? Verse 31, they recognized the Word. They recognized the Son of God. They recognized what they was being given. Hello? And then all of a sudden, He's gone from their sight. Verse 32, they said one to another, this is our key part right here. You need to catch this. Oh, Brother Andy, I thought all that other was a key. No, that was just the gravy. This is the taters under the gravy. Look at what it says. 
Did not our hearts burn within us? Hang on, I got a song. I got a song book back here somewhere, Don. There we go. I'm not going to sing it, I promise you. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart. I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Let me tell you something, church. These folks that's sitting here in this room, talking here in the scripture, they're sitting there, and then they realized what just took place. I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be a sad day coming when some church folks realize. Look at verse 31. Just, just back up right here. Watch this. He vanished. Do you realize the severity of this? Verse 32. He's no longer in their presence. And they said, did our hearts not burn? But there's some, folk, there's some church folks that's going to realize it when it's too late. There's some church folks that's going to realize it when it's too late. Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked with us? Boy, I sure do wish that God would talk to us today. I sure do wish that the Holy Spirit of God would talk to us today. I sure do wish that, that Jesus Christ would have, pen, would have had some of those words pinned down to tell us something today. I wish somebody would have put those words on paper. And I wish in the society we live in that it could have been mass produced, bound together, and be one of the top sellers. I wish we lit. Oh, wait. We do. But we take this for granted. We take this word for granted. Do you know what you're taking for granted? This verse ain't up here, but what? I might get to this outline in a second. But what we've got to understand is this. Doesn't it say over in the book of John? Doesn't it say that he was the word? He was the Word made flesh. Hello? What we've got to understand is Jesus is talking to us. God is talking to us. But so many in the church world is doing this number. Back in the sound booth, we got a set of headphones. You can flip a switch on that thing and, it, and it's a noise suppression. It cuts out every bit of the noise that's outside around. Only what comes in is what's coming through those headphones. There's a lot of church folks that's got that. God's trying to talk to them, and they put those headphones on and piping in just what the world is telling us. But we must understand the world ain't on your side. The Holy Spirit of God is trying to keep us 
and protect us. Let's go on. Let's look at a couple of things here. We live in a world, and the world we live in is full of people that do not have any hope. I have been to too many funeral services. And if it's a funeral service of a great saint of God, or it's a funeral service of a little child that really loved being in church, or it's a funeral service of of your mom or your dad or your spouse, and you know what their life was like, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt where they woke up in eternity. Those kind of... Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. But it is also a day of rejoicing. Hello? Then I've been in those funeral services where they'll come to me and they'll say, "We, we ain't got no preacher. Funeral home will call me up and they'll say, we got a family here that does not have a minister. And then I'll meet with them and they'll and this is, the, this, is, this is a summation of what goes on. Now, before I say that, I want you to understand, there's been several services that I have preached and their pastor was sick or out of town. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's been some of those services I'll walk in and Brother Bob, first thing they'll tell me, They'll tell me, oh, mom, she, she didn't go to church. She didn't think church was, but she was a, she was a saint. And then they'll, the good person. Then they'll go through the whole list of all the great things that their loved one has done. Let me enlighten you on something. All the great things you've done is not going to get you into heaven. Hello? All of those great and wonderful things that you've done is not going to get you into heaven. But knowing Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, that's the only way. Hello? Now, I'm not their judge. I have no idea where they woke up. But you can look at the family. And those families that they've lost, that someone has died, they ain't lost. When somebody has died and they, you know, that family knows where they're going to wake up, that they're going to wake up in heaven. It's a different kind of sadness. It's a different kind of weeping. Why? Because those that are Christians, that family has hope. That family has assurance that there's coming a day that I'm going to get to see my grandmama again. I'm going to get to see my granny and my papa again. I'm going to get to see my friends that I've done those, all of those funerals on. I'm so, why? Because I've got hope. But this world don't have much hope. They place their hope in plenty of things. They'll pull this little device out and they'll go over and they'll look at the stock market. They're looking what their hope's going to be in. They'll go over and look at what the the CD rates and they'll go look at what the interest rates are. And that's where they place their hope. Their hope's not found in Jesus Christ. 
What we've got to do is we've got to understand that our hope is not found of this world, but it is found in Jesus. According to statistics, 69% of the population have a negative outlook on life. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 21 and verse 26, He tells us that in the last days, man's heart will fail them because of fear. When you start fearing the things of this world, your heart can fail you. Your heart is going to have pressure put on it. And there's a reason behind that. There's a cause there. First we find in Psalms chapter 73. Psalms chapter 73 verse 2 and 3. We find, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. But I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Many put their hope in prosperity. Many put their hope in what's in the checking account. Many put their hope in what is their possessions. And guess what happens? It causes them to be in a financial distress. Because you can't just have just a little dab of do you. You're always wanting a little more. You know how I know that? How many like banana pudding? Brother Chuck, when we go to the restaurant and we order banana pudding, they never bring you enough. They, they're stingy with that. What do we want? What do we say? Man, if I could just have another spoon. Brother Chuck, me and you need to partner up sometime. But just a little dab ain't enough. You get that raise at work, you get a 25 cent raise, and you're happy to begin with. And then a few days later when the paycheck comes in and you see that it was only $1.95 more on your check, you're like, man, why didn't they give me a little more? Hello? It's what we do. We put ourselves, when our hope and our dependence is on those things, we put ourselves in financial distress. We put ourselves in, in a fear and in distress over sickness and disease. Job is a great example. I'm going to tell you something. There's so many in this church. There's so many that are sitting on these pews right now. Those that are joining us on live feed, you've been to the doctor. You've been to the doctor and they run all their little tests and they do their things and they say, well, well. Next time one of them goofy doctors says, well, I'm going to say that's a deep subject for such a shallow, never mind. I'm so sick of that well. I'm ready to go to the well that is a fountain coming out of that well that'll never run dry. I'm so sick of every time that the doctor says, well, we got another test. Well, we got another procedure. Well, we got... Listen, folks. My doctor is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's the great physician. He's got the first and the last word. We don't need to fear 
because of sickness or disease. We don't need to fear because of tragedy that comes our way. Take a look at Genesis chapter 27 and verse 46. Look at Genesis 27 and verse 46. Look at what it says. Rebekah told Isaac, I loathe my life. Let me tell you something. I don't care how bad you got it. If you're a Christian, you've got a great life. You may only have one pair of shoes and it's got more holes in it than what you put your foot in. You may have a, all you got is a pair of blue jeans that is extremely holy. You may have a car that's drinking more oil than it is gas. If you're a Christian, you've got a good life. Hello? Rebecca said, I loathe my life. If Jacob marries one of these Hittite women, one of those of the land, my life is over. My life is done with. Parents, you raise your children in the way that they should go. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say that it'll be easy. If you find that, show me. And don't tell my daughter. Nowhere in the Word of God, Brother Kevin, does it say that raising kids would be easy. But it says, bring up your child in the way that they should. And it's always going to be a nagging voice in the back of their head. Brother Andy, that's not what the, that's what the DAL version says. And every mom and daddy in here is shaking their head. And every kid in here is going... Do not fear over rebellious children. When they become of age, you lay them in the hands of an almighty God and you tell God, I raised them thus far. I, you need to be able to say this part. I brought them to church. I drugged them to church. I had them in church. I got them involved in everything. I taught them the word of God at home just like they got at church. I taught them the way they should go. And now God, they're of age. They're out doing their own thing. Holy Spirit, you get on them. You get on their trail. You don't leave them. You stay right with them. When they decide that they're going to pick up that alcohol bottle, Holy Spirit, you make them so sick, they got to throw it up. I know how to pray over rebellious children. Miss Katie, you better remember that. My daughter's a good daughter, y'all here, okay. You got... You got that rebellious child? They ain't left nothing like a mama, a holy sanctified mama, and a holy sanctified daddy that gets on their knees before God and cries out to God over those rebellious children. Do not fear, but get a hold of God. I was supposed to go through this list very quickly. 
The next thing that we find is Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. It says, don't fear over unfulfilled dreams. There's things that we all want in our lives. My dream after I graduated high school, I'm living far from it. I was going to college, and as a matter of fact, I started my college like this. I was going, and I was going to be an accountant. I was going to dread January to April the 15th, but I was going to love the rest of the year. I was going to take them week, week and a half, two week vacations at a time, and I was going to get off the. I was going to get away from everybody, and I was going to have a boring life. I love my life. Hello? Some say, do you have unfulfilled dreams? I got unfulfilled things that I thought was going to be my path, but I'm going to tell you something. When I put my life and I put my path, I put the things I was supposed to do when I said, God, I'm laying it all into your hand and I want nothing more but your will to be done. Guess what? My life is not unfulfilled. I may not have the best that money can buy, but guess what? You can take this world, but give me Jesus. You can take all the possessions I've got but give me my relationship with our heavenly father don't fear over unfulfilled dreams take a look at Jonah chapter 4 and verse 8 don't fear over trouble Jonah tells us it is better for me to die than to live Let me tell you something. I'm not, I'm not wanting anybody in this church to die. But there's coming a time. There's coming an appointed time in your life that you're going to take your final breath. I have no idea when that's going to be. I have no idea what the moment's going to be for my life. But I'm going to tell you something. There's been several times that I really thought that it was coming. When I'm going down the interstate and all of a sudden an, uh, uh, a car that's out of control starts heading for you, your life flashes before your eyes. I always thought people was crazy when they said that. No, I've seen it. And it goes so slow, I don't know why my foot don't move faster. But I'm going to tell you something. Even in those times of trouble, in those times of despair that you may face, God is still on your side. Those troubling times did not catch God by surprise. There's no reason for you to fear over those troubles because God's seen it coming a mile away. God's seen it coming years away. God's seen it whenever He spoke the world in existence. He knew that in 2021, what was going to be, excuse me, 2021st, He knew what was going on. 2020 didn't win nothing. He knew what was happening. And he still has you in the palm of his hands. Don't fear over trouble. Don't fear over unanswered prayers. You can look at Daniel. 
And you can find how that Daniel, he prayed and prayed and it seemed like no answer came. But all of a sudden, days turns into weeks and there was a day that Daniel got down to pray and he, and he, and he prayed the same prayer. He got a hold of the mighty hand of God. You know what I sort of see in my mind? I sort of see that that might have been that mom and that dad that had that rebellious child is getting on their knees before God. That might have been that person that was going through the financial heartache and they're getting on their knees before God. That's that person that's had the, the doctors come and said, you got a bad report. When we got on our knees before God and we prayed and prayed and it seems like no answer came, then all of a sudden there was a hand that laid on Daniel's shoulder and said, son, God heard you the very first time. I'm telling you right now, church, if you're praying and you're seeking God, God heard you. But he's wanting to know, do you mean business? Do you mean business with God? Woo! I got to hurry this up. Luke chapter 24, verse 14. I'm going to read these and I'm going to scan this and I'm going to tell you what, what we got. There's a condition for our recovery out of fear. There's things to bring us out of fear. The conditions of our recovery depend on Luke 24 and 14. It depends on fellowship. Fellowship is needed today instead of withdrawal. Fellowship is needed today instead of withdrawal. Another condition for our recovery is reason. Look at verse 15. A reason for our recovery out of fear is we need to quit looking at what the devil's trying to show us and remember, you know what? I know that God has healed before and he'll do it again. God has brought financial victory before and he'll do it again. God has brought, I've seen many times where God's brought rebellious children back to the altar and guess what? He'll do it again. He'll do it again and again and again. We need to consider past victories. Another reason. Another reason for recovery is you need to consider where you're at right now. There's a lot of you in here. There's a lot of you online. You've already told me if it wasn't for God, I would be fill in the blank. If it wasn't for God, some of you said you might be in jail. If it wasn't for God, some of you said you might be dead in a ditch somewhere. Let me tell you something. A way to recover out of fear is consider where you're at. And if you're not where God has you, where you're supposed to be with God, you better make sure you're right where God. Get things right because you need to be where God is wanting you to be. Consider where you're at. And then, then you need to count your blessings. Brother Andy, I don't have any blessings. I 
I could, I could, we could get a microphone and I could start right over here and I could pass it from here all the way over. Tell me three things that God's blessed you with. You know what the hardest thing that everybody in here would have? Narrowing it down to three. David, I couldn't leave it. I couldn't leave the mic with somebody. They, some of them, maybe they wouldn't, they wouldn't stop. I'd snatch that thing out of there. Hey, cut that mic off. We've been blessed beyond all measure. We need to count our blessings. We need that relationship. Luke chapter 24, you go back and read this, verse 15, 15 through 17. Jesus was walking beside them. They failed to realize who he was. Then their eyes became open. Jesus is with us even during our darkest hours. He's promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. He's going to go with us all the way. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 tells us, Stay with us. First, they're talking to. Stay with us, for it is towards the evening, and the day is now far spent. There's so many church folks that don't want to tell God to stay with us. They're, re they're ready to put him back in his box. They want him back in his box. The conclusion is simply this. The disciples' hope was renewed their fire was rekindled. What did they do next? They went out and told the world who Jesus was. We don't have any reason to be afraid. We don't have any reason to fear. God is on our side. We need to get a hold of the hand of God. Would you stand all over this house? Church, there's so much that's caused us to be afraid. There's so much going on that's caused us to be in fear. But the God I serve has still got me in the palm of His hands. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. We need to know that God's got us. you bow your hands, heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you this day, we want to thank you again for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house to worship you. Father, I pray right now that you'll move and minister in a mighty way. God, you see this prayer request that I just received on text. God, you see this urgent need, and right now, Heavenly Father, I'm praying that you'll move, bring a healing touch into this young lady's body. Father, right now, Father, I pray that you'll move and minister right now in her life. God, I praise you and I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Live feed, thank you so much for being a part of our services. 
Join us this afternoon at 5 o'clock as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Amen and amen.